Ebook Moral Equivalent by Chris Neville Produced in the Galaxy Science Fiction during nineteen fifty seven. Why shouldn't a culture mimic another right down to last little detail? Because the last little detail may be just that the final one. The planet Linux two dwindled to the human luminous speck. There was a clear space now, a break off point. Bakarov held the ship in position while Kelly set dolls to the jump into the hyperspectral drift, opening when deep spacemen knew as a slot. Bakarov cracked his bony knuckles nervously. Now, Johnny, he said, easy this time, real easy, gently her into it. She's not a new ship. She resents his land into the slot. She'll take it, Kelly said, a boy's grin of almost suicidal abandon. Maybe she will, but how about us? You sort of creased the slot, getting us offering a little closer, Anne. I'm still getting the touch. You ought to be glad I'm an intuitive astrologer. I get. He set the last dial with rapid twelve and reached for the kiss off switch. You've done you out two decimal points, said Bakarov. Who worried about such trifles? Enough to ionize us. I know, I know, Cully grumbled, adjusting to the dial. Joel, I'm just touching it for luck. Here we go. He pressed the kiss off switch, Bakarov shut off his eyes as the ship lurched, slot walled. Wishing that the coin, the government inspection college graduate at Astrologer, was still aboard. Ken had been an expert at the job. But then three pence back, he'd suddenly gone over after a native stem door. And Michael H. Cleaver, screaming that no dirty alien would ever marry his daughter. Ken had no daughter. Currently he was confined to Alabroth, awaiting transformation, transformation, earthside, to a padded little homey, homey room in a spaceman's stud pulp. How about that, Kelly? asked proudly. Once the ship had locked into hyperspace, the superior intelligence and still nerves did the trick every time. Poor devil climbed back her off the side, a paranoid Kelly knows. Did he ever tell you about the plot to keep him out of the Lunum military academy? You never talked to me much. That's because you're a cold, distant, unsophisticated type, Kelly said with complacent smile. Me told everything. You apply to Luna every year, study all the textbooks of military organization, land tactics, sea tactics, space spaces, tragedy histories of the warfare, crammed his cabin with the junk. Knew it almost out. Inside out. Fantastic memory. Why didn't get in? Hemophobia. He couldn't pass the physical. He thought the, they were plotting against him. Still ungrateful for this chance of a little aspiration. With a barest hint of a grin. But he said, I understand it's possible to bring the ship sideways for the slot at Terra. Please don't try. Said Bernard, big, shuddering. I knew we could. We should have waited for cranes. Please don't Lala. We should be still there with cargo coverage to be sour. Afraid it would be sour anyhow, but I've said the warrior's knack of finding trouble. But there is the slowest loading port this side of the rift. I must admit, however, they didn't do badly this time. Notice that, did you? Kelly asked. 
Hmm, did you find a way of speeding them up? Sure, gave them cows, old doggy books. They're crazy about books. Really hustled for them. But enough. They said nothing for several seconds. And his long, shallow face became pale. You what? Gave them the books. Don't worry, Kelly said quickly. Cow gave me, them to me before they ordered them away. You gave them the warfare books to the people on Marla? You mean you shouldn't have? Why not? That's what's wrong with Marla. Plenty better off grinning. Grimly did some quick figuring. It'll be near their time. We can't get back, Kelly. Take us out of hyperspace now. Kelly, guys, here at once. But we might come in. We might come out of the side of a star or that, Berloff, said his voice filled with rageness. Simply cannot be helped. We must return at once. Amila. Captain Drake, commander of the forces of Empress Wera, the Gold Star Mona, sat in his desk as premium command post, which had recently become converted from a high ward style. He engaged in a fiery argument over the telephone with Nob, the, the Emperor's right hand man. But damn it all, General Grant shouted. I must have it. I'm the Supreme Commander General of all armies, Dickershaped ship. Doesn't he mean anything? Not under the circumstances, Nob answered. Two soldiers standing aside the guard in general's quarters listened interestedly. Think you'll get it? One asked. Not a chance, the other answered. Drake glared at them in silence, then returned to the argument. Will you please attempt to understand my position, he said hoarsely. You put me in the command at my orders, the armies of the Dickershaped we have the allied declarances, and all the other corners obey me. Me, correct? You've got a point, one soldier said. You've got a point, one soldier said. you never get it, the other replied. Shut up, you two, Drake roared. Nob, aren't I right? It's earthly way, Nob. A you must be recognised. I'm sorry, Nob said. Extremely sorry. Personally, I sympathise you, but the Book of Terrain rank equivalence is quite specific. Seven shoulder stars are the most, the absolute most, that any general can wear. I absolutely cannot allow you to wear eight. But you gave Civic seven. He's not. He's just unit general. That was before we understood the rules completely. You thought we had no limit to the number of stars we give. give. In fact, it was sulky. I say, General, you, you have to be satisfied with seven. Take one away from Felix, then. Can't. You resign. In that case, I resign. You aren't allowed to. The book, military, leadership, civility states. A supreme commander never resigns during hostilities. An old man would find that very thought inconceivable. All right, Jack Ferris, he slammed down the telephone. Two children's strange winks. Attention, you two, Drax said. You're supposed to be the honour guards. Why can't you act like honour guards? We haven't got weapons, one of the soldiers pointed out. Can't be helped. I sent them. What we had to the front. Don't we need them here? The soldier said earnestly. Not bad. It's bad for all. Us not having weapons. And morale is vital for victory. Drax hated to be lectured. But he had to accept textbook truth. When he's quoted to him. You may be right, he agreed. I'll try to get some back. You have his eyes entirely. Everything had happened so quickly. Just a week ago, Nobber walked in his stores and inquired, Drack, how would you like to be a general? I don't know, Drack said, confessed honestly. What is it, and why do we need one? Well, starting Nob said, you heard of war, haven't you? Ideas, ideal, very earthly. I'll explain later how it works. We say, all right, do you really think I'm the right type? Oh, absolutely. Besides, your hardware is perfectly situated 
his cream command post. Aside from the location of his hardware store, Jack had other qualifications for leadership. One thing, he looked like an earth general. He had a large, he loomed large in those eyes. Jack was over six foot tall, strongly built, solidly muscled. His eyes were grey, deep set and fierce. His nose was aquiline. His mouth was firm, because he usually held nails in it when he was about out on a repair job. His uniform track looked very engineer and general. As a matter of fact, he looked like several generals. For his cap came from the Earth Mars War. Eighty two. His tunic was a relic of the General campaign. He belt with the star of the Third Empire. His pants were replica of the Southern Star Front, where his shoes reminded one of the hectic days of Fenzeli Rebellion. But least of all his clothes as soldiers' clothes. His honor guard had to piece out of their uniforms, personal articles. He complained bitterly about the injustice of this, and came close to deserting. But Jack, over some hasty reading in Stoggett's leadership, told them about the terrain doctrine, the privilege of rank. In front of him now was a report from Ally Battlefront. He wasn't sure what it said, since it was coded. He neglected right down the code. It, it was... It, it, was it enemy repulsed us with heavy losses, or should it read U.S. repulsed enemy with heavy losses? You wish you knew. It made quite a difference. The door burst open and a young corporal rushed in. Hey, General, look, take a look at the window. Drake started to rise and reconsidered. Rules are rules. Hey, what? He commanded. Forget that. Forget. Forgot, the colonel said. Hey, sir, take a look at the window. Sir. Much better, Drake. Walked out to the window, and saw in the distance a mass ascending black smoke. City Shano, Commander Corporal said proudly. Boy, we smacked it today. Sanitation bombing for ten minutes. Ten hours. You can't use it for anything but gravel pit now. Sir, Drac commanded. Sir, the planes are filled up and waiting. What shall we flatten next, uh, sir? Let me see, General Drax, it's so in the wall map. Upon the important enemy cities, with a circle of red. There were Alice and Drain, Kellers and the Moss, Dredder and Drake. Could possibly think of no reason for levelling one other than the, more the other. After Moon's fault, he pushed a button on the desk. Yeah, asked the voice from the loudspeaker. Which one, Elif? Yes, of course, said the crackled voice on his old rear door assistant. Fellow of the owner's money, won't pay up. Fancy it. Drake turned to the corporal. Go to it, soldier. Yes, sir. Corporal hurried out. General Jake hurried, turned back to the reports of his desk, turning again to the puzzle out. What had happened to Ally Repulsive US or US Repulse? How should it read? Oh, well, Drake said repressively. I'm a long run. I don't suppose it really makes much difference. Miles away in the man's, no man's land, to the bunker where he fills concrete and steel. Within the bunker, there were two men. They sat on the opposite sides of a plain wooden table. Their faces were stern and impassive. Beside each man was a pad and pencil. Each pen were marks. Upon the table, upon, between them was a coin. Yotos, said the man on the, to the right. The, right, the, ma- the man on the left picked up the coin. Call it heads. It comes up heads. Damn, said the flipper, passing the coin across the table and standing up. The young man smiled faintly, but said nothing. Kirk reached for the kiss-off switch, then hesitated. Look, Gregor, he said. Do we have to come out now without charts? It gets risky, you know. How can we tell what's 
that out there in normal space. This risk we have to take, Butler, said Stowley. But why? What's wrong with the people bother having those books? Believe me, there's nothing burnt in them. Not Butler, said patiently. You know that Marlow is a semi-restricted planet. Limited trading is allowed under general control conditions. No one was allowed to the planet except those approved list. Yeah, Kelly said vaguely. Said he's on rule. The law, Marla, is a mirror culture. They consider Earth and its ways to be absolute perfection. They cover everything on Earth as they, they, they can find. Seems like a good idea. We have got a real good culture. Sure, but we've developed into it. But they simply copy what they see. They don't learn traditional rationale. Since they don't know why they're doing any particular thing, they're easy to misinterpret, warp it into something harmful. They learn, Kelly said. Of course they will. But in the meantime, the results are devastating. They always are when a depressive race tries to ape the culture more advanced people. Look at what happened to the South Sea Islanders. You bet that was worse than French, British, African, American culture. You see how they see what uh, any more South Sea Islanders, do you? Same with American Indians, with the Puttots and plenty others. I still think you're making too much of a fuss about it, Kelly said. All right, I'll give you them a lot of books of warfare, political organisation. So what? What in blazes can they do with them? The Redlands better, said grimly. They never had a war. Kelly gulped. Never? Never. A completely corruptive society. We were, or, or were, when they started reading those warfare books. They wouldn't start a war just because they've got some books on it. I know that other people do it. And yeah, I guess they would. Quickly put the doll, upset dolls. You're right, buddy. We have an absolute moral obligation to turn and straighten out that mess. I knew you'd see it that way, but I also approvingly, said approvingly. And here, there is an additional fact that the Galactic Council could hold us responsible for any deaths traceable to the book. It would mean random rich prison for a hundred years or so. Why do you say that? In the first place, Kelly flipped the switch, switch. Ship came to the normal space. Fortunately, there was no sun off on it in its path. Hang on, Kelly said. We're going where we're going. Going in a big, great big rush. I just hope we're in the time to savage something. Bernoff said. Watching that their freighters ploughed in the way through the sea of space towards the unchanging stars. If evident, nervousness, Nob walked down a long, dome corridor towards the imperial chambers, carrying a small package in both hands. Prime Minister Dictatorship was a small bald man with a great bulging forehead and small glittering black eyes. Made swallowed by sail rimmed spectacles, he looked the very incontinent of the evil genius, which was why he had been chosen as a power behind the throne. Point of fact, however, Nob was a mild and near-sighted, well-meaning little man, a lawyer by occupation, known for Aunt Marla for his prized rose gardens, his collection of earth stamps, in spite of his temperament, and the cap, he didn't find his new job too difficult. The earth books were there and not simply interpreting them. Literally impossible. Whenever a problem came up, Nob thought, how would they solve it on earth? And you could do the same, as near the same as possible. But dealing with the impressed presented problems, beneath nature, Nob couldn't find a book to ways and means perpetuating royalty. If such a book were attainable, Nob would have paid at any price for it. He took a deep breath, knocked and opened the door to the royal chambers. Instantly ducked. A vase shuddered across the wall to behind him. Not so good, he thought. 
Travelling distance by which it had missed him. Impressor's aim was improving. Not the deity, you judge wine in Empress Street. At your service, Majesty, Nob answered, bowing low. Where are the pearls, you insolent throat? Here, Majesty, Nob said, handing over the package. It springed the checker buying them for you. The master of treasury threatened to desert to the enemy. You still may. You may still. Peoples are muttering about his reverence in high places. The pearls are yours, Majesty. Of course, just so. Opened the package and looked at the lustrous gems. Can I help keep them? She asked in a very small voice. Of course not. I don't think so, Jessa said sadly. Then she she had just had been just been to the Malayan girl that had been chosen empress. The basis of her looks were heartbreaking, lovely. It all aphrodite that an empress should be heartbreaking, lovely. The Malayans have seen enough Earth films to know that. The Empress could also be cold, cuddly, and cruel, as well as gracious, headstrong, and gracious, generous of fault. She could, she should care nothing of her people, while simulating all she cared for was her people. She should act in a manner cuddly to make her subjects love, in spite of, of and because of herself. Tessa was a girl of considerable intelligence. She wanted to be as earthly as the next, but contradictions in her role baffled her. Can't I keep them for just a little while, she pleaded, holding a single pearl out for the light. Is it possible, Nob said. We need guns, tanks, planes. Therefore, they sell your jewellery. You there are many Pelarian participants. And why did I have to insist upon the pearls in the first place, just as I asked? I explained as Empress, you, must be, you might be flighty. Mispossess a whim of iron. Must not know. Must have no regard for anybody else's feelings. Must lust for expensive bubbles. All right, Jessa said. All right, what? All right, swine. That's better, Nob said. You're learning, Jessa. You really are. You could just frustrate your moods more constantly. I will try. I really will try. Promise the Empress. I learn, Nob. You're proud of me yet. Good. Now we have some problems of the state, which you must decide upon. Prison of the world, for one thing. There's several possible means for disposing them. First, we could. You take care of it. Now, now, Mr. Child, Lord Chided. Mustn't shirk for your priority. I'm not. I'm simply being observatory and dictatorial. She's your Soviet pig. And bring me diamonds. Yes, excellently. Nob said, bowing low. Diamonds? But the people. I love the people. But to hell to them. And then she cried, firing her eyes. Fine, fine, Nob said, and bowed his way out of the room. Jessa stood for a few moments in the fault. Then she picked up a vase and set it on the floor. She made a mental note to order several dozen more. Then she flung, it upon, flung herself upon the royal couch and began to weep bitterly. She was quite a young empress. She had the feeling of being in beyond, in being beyond her death. Death. The problems of war and variety completely ended her social life. She resented it. Any girl would. All right. Nob meanwhile left the palace and went home in his car, armoured car. Car being ordered to protect him against assassins. Who couldn't it have looks? Books aimed a good deal. Their plots at the prime ministers. Nob could see no reason for this, being he was a prime minister. Any one of the thousand men could do the job with equal efficiency, but he supposed it had a certain symbolic meaning. He reached his house, 
his home. Your wife kissed him on the cheek. I oh, don't you perish, dear? She asked. Quite hard, Dob said. Lots of work for after supper. For after supper. It, isn't, it just isn't fair, complained his wife. She's a plump, pleasant little woman person. She worried continually about the, her husband's health. He shouldn't make you work so hard. But of course they should, said Nob, a little astonished. Don't you remember what I told you? All the books say that during the war, Prime Minister's harried, harassed individual, weighed down by enormous burden of state, unable to relax, tense with the numerous strains of high office. It isn't fair, said his wife, his wife repeated. No one said it was, but extremely, un- extremely earth-like. His wife said it showed her shoulders. Well, of course it is earth-like. It must be right. Come eat supper, dear. After eating, Nob attached his mounds of mounds of paperwork. Attached his mounds of paperwork, but as soon as his eyes burned, he turned to his wife, who was just finishing the dishes. "My oh dear," she said, "do you suppose you could help me? It is it is it proper?" she asked. "Oh, absolutely." Book states that the prime minister's wife tries to, in every way possible to leave her husband at the burden of power. Okay, so I'm happy to try. He sat down in front of a great pile of papers. But dear, I don't know anything about these matters. Well, I in instinct, Nob answers, yawning. That's what I do. Finally, by the importance of a task, she set to work with a wheel. So an later, she wakened her husband, who was slumbering on the couch. I've got them finished except these, he said. In this one, I'm afraid I don't send a word. Nob glanced at the paper. Oh, propaganda. That means giving the people the facts, whether true or false. Very important in any war. I don't know. I don't see why. It's obvious. So, during the flight style war, you need ideological differences. That's why we chose the dictatorship. On the other continent, chose democracy. The job of propaganda is to keep us different. I see, she said dubiously. Well, this other paper is from General Higgin of security. He asked what you were doing about the spy situation. He says it's very serious. I've forgotten about that. He's right. He's reached a crisis point. He put the paper in his pocket. I'm going to take care of that personally, first thing in the morning. The last few hours, his wife had made no less than eight major policy decisions, 20 codifications, eight unifications, three clarifications. Nob didn't bother to read them over. He trusted his wife, good judgment and common sense. He went to bed that night, feeling for a job well done. Before he slept, fell asleep, he figured out exactly what he would do about a slave situation. Next morning, Nob's orders went out by all means of communication. Results of graphitizing in Swift. Since the people of the dictatorship were completely behind the war, who truthfully loved and hated their empress, in, in whose name the order was signed. Typical scene took place in a cub car of Charlie Isle Express, the occupants of the car, 23 communicating, communicating, Businessmen sealed the doors as soon as they received Nob's order. Best read among them a salesman, the name of Fang, was elected spokesman for the group. Boy, said Fang, I guess I don't have to tell you anything about the portals of this order. We all know what, what this war is by now, don't we? We sure do. War is hell. A war of the enemy thrust upon us. A war to start all wars. That's right, Fang said. 
I guess we've all felt the pinch since the war started, oh boys. Done my part, said the man named Dexel. The Prime Minister called for cigarette shortage. I don't it, twenty co- car loads of tobacco had a river. Now we've got smoke cigarette rationing. That's the spirit, Frank said. I know for a fact that others among you have done, done the same. Sugar, canned goods, butter, meat and hundred items. Everything's rationed now. Everybody feels a hinge. But boys, there's still more that we have to do. Now spice it has come up and it's caused for quick action. Haven't we done enough? Groaned a clothing store manager owner. Never enough in a time of war. Our people still give give till it hurts. Then give some more. They know not to sacrifice is too much. Nothing counts but a proper prosecution of war. The clothing store officer nodded vehemently. If it's earthly, it's good enough for me. So what can we do about this spy situation? It is for us to decide here and now, Frank said. According to Prime Minister, dictators it cannot boost a single act of espionage sabotage done to since the beginning of the war. The chief of security is alarmed. His job is to keep all spies under surveillance. Since there are none, the department has lost all morale, which in turn affects the other departments. Do we really need spies? They serve a vital purpose, Frank explained. All the books agree on this. Spies keep a country alert on its toes, eventually eternally vigilant. Through sabotage, they cut down on arms production, which otherwise would grow so large since it was priority over everything else. They supply security for subjects for interrogation, confusion, brainwashing, re-documentation. This in turn supplies data for the enemy propaganda machine, which in turn supplies material. Or counter-propaganda to the machine. Drax looked forward. I don't know. It was so complicated. As a beauty of the Earth War, Fang said. Suspenders yet to like different complications. Completely interrelated. It leave out one extremely important detail. Whole structure collapses. Those Terrans, Dexel said, shaking his head in veneration. How are now to work, boys? I'm calling for volunteers. Who would be, would be a spy? No one responds. Really, I said, Frank. There's no matter to the cape. Come on. Some of you must be harboring trees of treacherous faults. Don't be ashamed of it. Remember, it takes all kinds to make a war. The head of zipper. Southern from Yoga Excurf. Clear his throat. I have a cousin who's a minister of war for the Allies. Accepted a sexual motive for subversion things, cried. I rather thought it was, the Vipper said. Please. Yes, I believe I can handle the job. Splendid, Fang said. I then train a ride at station. The doors are unsealed, and then the communities to leave for their jobs. Fang watched the Vipper salesman depart and hurried into the crowd. In a moment, he got, found a tall man wearing a slouch and dark glasses. On his lapel was a silver badge, which read, Secret Police. See that man, Fangs asked, Sponges of Silverman. You bet, the secret policeman said. He's a spy, a dirty spy. Quick, after him. We're being watched, said the secret policeman, lengthily. I, I just wanted to make sure, Fangs said, and started to walk off. He felt a heavy hand on his shoulder. He turned, the secret policeman then, joined by two tall men in soiled hats and deep, deep glasses. They wore badges that said stormtroopers. Don't arrest, said the secret policeman. Why? What have we done? Not a thing, as far as we know, the stormtrooper. Not a single subject thing. That's why we're arresting you. Abroad, three separate powers. 
the secret policeman explained. The adventure search warrants and Abra's copious invading privacy. War, you know, you know. Come along quietly, sir. You have, to, you have a special, very important part to play in the warfare. What's that? You have a military selected as martyr, said the secret postman. Said the secret postman. Head high, head high. Fame much pally to his destiny. A whole manner took the war with a wheel. Soon books began to pee on the stalls. War on you and for the masses. Erotic release of war for the elite. The inherent will to destroy the, the for philosophers, the war and civilization of scholars, volumes of personal experiences so well. Among them was a camp of a daring sabotage by a former zipper salesman, a drastic story to martyrdom of fame. War eliminated a thousand old institutions, unburdened the people with the heavy hand of tradition. War demonstrated uh, clearly everything was temporary as a match flash set art a man because cities buildings parks vehicles hills museums monuments were as whispers of dust of the bombs had gone among the public threat brilliant opinion was voiced by zen who is recorded in saying a war poet party plant party well there ain't nothing in the stores i can't buy but i never made so much money in my life there were universities professors bound up on this subject in order to themselves, the chairs of war was sure to be endowed. All they had to do was wait until the recent crop of war properties were taxed into becoming becoming philanthropists, or driven to it by a sense of guilt. The books are sure they would feel. Armies grew, soldiers learned to paint, salute, curse, appropriate home cooking, play poker, fit themselves into every war for, for the post, fit, fit themselves in every way. For the post-war civilian life, they abandoned themselves and they travel and got a welcome vocation from time and heath. War, the millions agreed, was certainly one of the cleverest first institutions. Educational, and it was entertaining. Nope, Perkoffs was saying. You wouldn't like winning her prison. Not one little bit. It's on Mercury, you know. In the twilight zone, you bluster by day, you freeze by night. Only two men have escaped from Ashe in the last hundred years, and one of them figured his curve wrong and flipped into soul. What about the other one? Cuddy asked, despairing lightly. His gyros fused. He was bound straight for the coal sack. Took Keegan a couple of thousand years to get there. Let, let, let his be better finish. Dreamily. No, Johnny, you won't like Rand Hashi. Okay, okay, Kelly said. Definitely would be better. They give the only they give that only as a measure of extreme clemency, Bellarov said with gloomy salvific satisfaction. Enough, it was all with a soon out Mauna. There was a more more hope than conviction in Kelly's voice. That she lies off. There she lies off to starboard. Melania was a spl- tiny blue and brown spear, suddenly growing larger in the screens. Melania bled and made the channel. Kelly swore, that's a Gaelic patrol boat for Nadaroff. What's he doing here? Rockley said Bradaroff. 
standard practice of recording the planet at war. We shouldn't touch down legally until the walls are cleared over. Nuts were going down until he touched the controls and the freighter began to ascend to the indicted area. Tension freighter, the radio blasted. This is a dictator ship, Moth. He too identify yourself, Rakoff answered promptly in Pavilion language. Don't see him unscramble that, he said. Kelly, they continued his descent. The while a voice in the patrol boat said in plutonium, attention, freighter. The wrenching and indicated area. He too at once were prepared to be boarded. I, don't, I can't understand your vile North Perean as an accent bellowed in this broad South Pavilion dialect. If you people can speak a man's language, don't clutter up the, the either with your ridiculous chatter. I know you long-haul trampers. I'll be d- darned if you give you your any air, water, food, or anything else. You can't stop that stuff like any normal decent. This area is indicated. The patrol bro- broke in, picking out with a broad South Pernambian accent. Hell, Belief grumbled. They got themselves a legalist under direct orders from the patrol boat moth. He too at once, freighter, appeared to be boarded and inspected. Belief glanced at the planet lodging loom beneath him. He gestured to the power control Kelly and said, Hello, hello, do you read me? Your message is not coming across. Do you read me? Stop or fire. Both nodded. Kelly kicked in all the jets and they plummeted towards the surface. With his pilot six sets, Kelly changed course abruptly. Blast sealed past them, sending a double tube for good. There they were in the atmosphere, travelling too fast, a whole glowing red reflection. The heavy, bravey cruiser built only for spiritual renewing, broke off its Pursuit curve. All right, Freighter. This means you're not your license. You're gonna leave sometime. But I've shut up off the radio. Kelly fired the banking jets again to spiral in for landing. As they circled Bellus, saw the shattered rubble and ruin where cities had been. He saw highways filled with modern military commons. As there's a the edge of the throat behind the horizon, three military planes winging their way to fresh target. What a mess, he said. Kelly nodded grumbly. They touched down and opened the branches. Already a crowd of millennials had gathered. A few artists had got set up their easels and were busy painting on the freighter. Not before it was lovely, because it was lovely, because it was terrain, which was much better. A millennial stepped forward, grinning. Well, he asked, what do you think of it? Of course, a war. A war, of course. You must have noticed. Oh, yes, we've noticed, Bellow said. We all went to the war, complete with individual differences, man said, uh, stayed proudly. Just like the civilised planets here, they must admit it's Earth-like, it's seemingly Earth-like, Kelly said. Now take us to wherever is in charge, quick. Conference with Zotnob, the Imperial Palace began well. The Prime Minister was overjoyed that real Earth men come to witness the war. He knew very well that, by her standards, it was a pretty small war. Beginner's war, really. But they were trying some day with some more know-how, but equipment, you'd be able to produce a war that would match anyone's. We have hampered, we were hampered from the start, not apologize. Well, not knowing how to produce atomic fusion. There must have been confining. 
case it and better off wins. It bromate and nectricidine just doesn't have the same grandeur and finality. The scale of denomination seems insignificant. But you have to come with me, gentlemen. I have something here which will may interest you. Not much of the earthmen ahead of him. They could copy their loose jointed volume walk. He, he said, darting ahead and opening the door. Behold, the earthmen stood upon an ivory pistol. A small model atomic bomb. He proudly... We worked until we mastered it at last, Mop said proudly. You have any luck we'll be perfection within a month. I used them in a year. Now I think I can safely say Marla has come to an age. Brother said, no, no what? No atom bombs? It's earth like to use earth and bomb, atomic bombs. Why? This war was to end at once, Kelly said. You're joking, persisted Nob, looking intently at the earthmen. But he saw at once they were not deadly serious. He grew and sat down. Nob was feared with moral dilemma. Faced with moral dilemma of fearful perpetrations. One in war was a typical terrain institution, extremely important one, an institution clearly worthy of emulation by the people of Marla. On the other hand, this Turian intuition was being refuted, retained, denied, in fact, by two typical terrains. The problem was insoluble for him, and Nob remembered that while in ultimate causes, the hand was a moment of supreme authority to, to keep it, step in. We must discuss this with the Empress, he said. He led them to justice corridors, not to open the door. Half a dozen vases shattered around them. Only these pigs, Jessica Shield, you not have brought the diamonds? So I knew I forgot something. Forget them? How dare you show your face, Jessica snapped. Her fills for their presence. Who are you? I'm a good mind to lock them up, especially the grinning red-headed ape. Grady's grin became a trifle strained. They are Northmen, Your Majesty, Nob said. Genuine Northmen. Really, Breed Lesher? Really, said Nob. Oh, golly, Jester said, losing, our, losing all our painfully required imperial pose beyond becoming a frightened, but lovely little girl. Young girl. Your Majesty, Brother began. Just call me Jester. My gosh, real Northmen. I knew I'd meet a real Northmen before. Never met a real Northmen before. I wish you'd let me know in advance my hair. You're beautiful, just like yourself, Cully said. I'm so glad I think your hair is beautiful too. Cully turned red, brick red. You're not supposed to say that, you know. I don't know, Jessa said. I just, I'm willing to learn, but what should they have? Excuse me, Bellerf broke in sourly. Your Majesty, we have to ask you to stop the war. You don't mean it, Jessa turned bewilderedly to Kelly. Have to do it, honey, Kelly said softly. Your folks are just aren't ready for war yet. Just as I flashed, she began to regain a little of her pure pose. Well, of course we are. Look at what we've done. We go over to all battlefields. Look at our cities. Turgate on Polit Refugees. Find everything's been done in strict accordance with the rules. We're as ready for war as anyone. I'm oh, sorry, you have to stop it, Becker said. Cully nodded and nodded his agreement. Jessa gave nod, nod, a beseeching look at the Prime Minister, but his eyes. Lemon was there again. Enormous insurmountable. A squarely injustice surface. The start of one year would be on Earth like. Refuse the Earthman was unthinkable. I just don't know, Jester said. Do you look at Kelly? Who wore the guilty expression of a man caught murdering a fawn? It burst into tears and collapsed on the crouch. 
Nob and the Earthmen looked at each other, made several helpless gestures, and left. Now what? Badef asked in the corridor. Do you think she'll stop the war? Nob shrugged his shoulders. Who knows? It's a problem without a solution. But she has to make up, make her mind up her mind. Because he said, that's one of the duties of authority. The Empress is aware of that. And you will make up her mind. Though it would take a year or more. Unless she falls completely under the strain. Poor kid, Kelly said. She needs a man to help her. Out, indeed she does. Nob said, read hastily. A strong man, a wise man, a man who guides her. As advisor, her husband to her. Kelly blinked, then laughed nervously. Don't look at me. I mean, she's a cool girl. Kid, nice girl. Makes a man a wonderful wife. Or not to the marrying kind. You said, you know what I mean. Johnny, said Bagruff. I'd like to have a serious talk with you. Nod. Nob led them to a vacant room and they left it cheaply. I don't how I won't do it, Kelly declared bluntly. You have to, Bellarus said. You got us into this. You got to marry us out. No. You make a beautiful, wonderful wife, Bellarus quoted Kelly's words back to him. Though so pretty but spirited. What more would you ask? Could you ask? Freedom of choice, Kelly said grimly. That's for assertion speaking. She'll never be able to make up her mind to stop the war unless you marry her. Until the war ends, that intricate ship is going to ship sit in Albany, waiting for us. You're you having nothing. You have anything to lose? But I've answered, I haven't. Not a thing in the big galaxy. Your freighter is always waiting. That's right. That's true. Kelly admitted. Ten minutes later. <coughs> Bella dragged him into the corridor. They were joined by Nob and ushered back and back to Empress Coyote Changers. It's okay by me, it's okay by you, kid. Kelly bunted out in a tone that made Bella shudder. I mean, Nob smile, not right. What hero worship? What is it? What is all right? Jessus asked. Marriage, Kelly said. What do you say? Jessus studied his face for several seconds. But do you love me? Give me time, kid. Give it time. Jessus must have seen something in his expression. Something behind embarrassment and anger. Very soft, he said. Oh, we'll be most happy to marry you. If the double ring ceremony effectively turned in, I produced the Bible for the ceremony. Freighter, ancient words of the turf ceremony were read. Weird over, Kelly grinning, perspiring nervously, rubbed his hands together, turned to the British bride. Now stop the war, honey. Yes, sir, Jester said dreadfully. She heaved a great sigh. What's wrong, Kelly asked. I'm just choked. Just tremble to think of our city being bombed. Existence. Not uh, and us not able to do anything, but because we're to stop fighting. What are you talking about? If we stop fighting, they won't. She said, Why should they? It's her flight to continue conquering. If we quit fighting, there'd be nothing to stop them from conquering us completely. No, Cully shouted. Here go. What can we do about this? Nova said. That's what we appear to be our only one solution. I can arrange a meeting for you be turned to Belaroth, the lever at the present of allies. What would I say to him, said Belaroth. To her, Nob corrected. You can say, I suppose, the same sort of thing your friend said. Belaroth actually white, stared her back away. Kelly caught him in one meaty fist. Okay, Mr. Fitzer, your body is plain. Marry us out of trouble. But I've not got a girlfriend in Misk. She's got a new years ago. Stop scrubbing around. What does he look like? Photograph prayed in operation. Very pretty, Nub said.
During the double wing seventy, Butterworth appeared at his bride with cautious approval. Lavaria was indeed a pretty girl. She seemed to possess the million virtues of obedience, patience, and fire. As soon as the final words were spoken, the war was declared officially over. Peace and authentic earth custom was proclaimed. Now real work begins, Baroff said. First we need a list of casualties. For the what? Not asked? Casualties. I'm not sure I understand, said the Prime Minister. Casualties the number of people killed in the warfare. Now wait a minute, Nob said. Your voice trembling. Do I understand you correctly? You're trying to tell me that civilized people kill people in their wars? Do you mean that you they, they leave people in the city to bomb? Kelly looked at Baroff. Baroff looked at Kelly. Lord, Lord, muttered Kelly. Baroff nearly gulped. It is possible, asked not. Do civilized people really? Of course not, said Baroff. Never, Kelly said. Nob pursed his lips. I have been waiting to ask a real authority, a genuine nurse man, some questions of the subject. Our texts are by no means complete, and some parts don't understand all. Like the matter of determining victories, there's something we couldn't figure out. We decided you must use a complicated system of empires. It's too much for us. We built a bunker in no man's land, put a man from each side in it. They tossed coins to tell me whether it is. was. We decided would burn and Amy Sibley, after the outputs have been evacuated, of course. Of course, said Begloff. It worked out rather well with the coins, Rob said. Law's average, in fact. So I've got in your system, said Kelly. Just the way we do it, Begloff added. A few more questions, if you please, Nob said. Jessica, will you bring in the big war encyclopedia? Jessica and Lovey had been gossiping on the other side of the room. I hurried to return with a great book. Now here, Nob said, opening the volume. It seems to imply... Wait, Bellof broke in. He took the book from Nob's hands and flipped through, wrapping and turned on Cully. Whispered, he said, in pentapodium. It looks as though Cain blotted out all references to Cully. Sure, exclaimed Cully, brightening. I told you he was a hypophiliac, a bleeder. Naturally, he'll cut out every single mention of bloodshed. Yes, point... Nub began later, Bergelov said. Right now, we'd like to get a few articles from, from your old from my spaceship. He winked at Kelly, winked back. It'll take a moment, and we're only too happy to. Oh dear, said Nub. You mean you wanted a spaceship? What? Well, I assumed you will have no further use of it. Well, it was hard to find nowadays. Seeing any proper direct heroic statue to both of you. I made a book with those two, peace to Marla. Did I do something wrong? Not at all. Not at all, Kelly said. Oh, not at all. Perfectly delighted. Not at. Johnny said Bellroth. Sorry, Kelly apologized. A broken man. The boys stopped to step forward to claim their husbands. Prayers and prosperity came to Marla. And the left, left guidance of their military leaders. In time, spaceships arrived and departed. But neither man, man showed a particular desire to bore one for the, their wives. Those so patient, let fiery proved more appealing than lovely far reaches of space. But I've sometimes pondered the opportune wilting down of their freighter. He'd never been able to discover who had signed the order. All money is new and saying, and Earthman is easy to catch but hard to hold. He wondered whether he had been the true reason behind the order to scrap the ship. By this time, of course, he didn't really care. His wife for Kelly being responsible is all the more reason to feel appreciated. His wife of Kelly had been responsible. It's all the more reason to be feel appreciated.
Mob knew the answer. But he had other things on his mind. He lay awake, restless. His wife looked worriedly what was wrong. I've been wondering, he said. There's more books that the Earthmen had turned us had us turn in. I never had uh, did understand why all the detent deletions were made. You know, the ones that made us figure out a way of deciding which was side one. The Earthmen said they used the same one same vit vit them. If you don't remind him. But they wouldn't lie, would they? They would if it was good for our good. As what is known as democracy, the statementship of politics interchangeable terms. Dr. Press, oh, and I tried to question the crews of the ship that landed here. The question answers are so evasive, I can't help thinking. Yes, dear, she prompted. Civilized people actually kill each other in wars. She turned a stocking, shot face towards him. How can you think such a thing? Who would be the to the advantage? Advantage? He repeated. The expression cleared, and he fell back to his pillow, completely relaxed. I hadn't thought of that, dear. None of, not, not, none of course. It'd really be too much, wouldn't it? No question of it, dear. She said. Now that's settled. Can you go to? Now that's settled. Can you go to sleep? There's no answer. He's already snoring peacefully. <laughs>